Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the Flipping Tables podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Edwards. And I'm the other one, David Lyons. And welcome to another Tuesday. Woo! So we got a little bit of follow-up. Um, some uh, This one, uh, these are presentation sins that, you know, we'd ask people. We knew we, we couldn't possibly be hitting all of them. And uh, I, one of the first ones uh, we got in feedback was laser pointers. <laughs> And that cracked me up because I had simultaneously forgotten that people used to do that and was immediately furious that people used to do that. Like I just – I was overwhelmed with the the like office space style notion of someone sitting in a room and being like, if you look over here and pointing with their little crappy like dollar store. Well, and I feel like that just incentivizes even worse slides because – yeah, I'm going to have to point at the, you know, size 12 font word because I've packed this page full of nonsense. Right. Or if the the chart or whatever you have is so confusing that you can't just refer to it with words. Yeah. Like if you look on the right side, if that's not specific enough, if you have to be like or if you, you look just between like, look. these two pixels. <laughs> you, that's a that's a a click wheel style keyboard level of simplicity. <laughs> It's like everything is just a few hundred clicks away. <laughs> just point your face toward the slides. <laughs> just soak it in. The next one here is a overly chipper and requires audience participation. Yeah, and do you think those always go together? They always no, seem no, no. to go together but to they, me. Yeah. Like at least requires audience participation, I think always follows yeah. overly chipper. Well there's like there's a big difference to me between like invites and inspires audience participation <laughs> versus requires because the like everyone stand up and find a stranger <laughs> and start you know telling lies to them like that's never fun no. i'm just like i don't i'm sitting here i haven't had any coffee yet like stop <laughs> it but like the most amazing talk that's so interesting that you're just like buzzing to try to ask a question or I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm also not a big fan of the infantilizing game. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, you know, I'm I'm pushing thirty, and I still play video games. Like that's, I don't mind games and and because those are actual games, quotes, childish <laughs> thing, right? But when someone's like, okay, so everyone in this room who speaks two languages, raise your hand, and then everybody's going to keep their hands up until the things Three don't languages. apply to them. Yeah. If you can name this tune in <laughs> in five notes, who's lived in four different states, like that kind of crap. It's just, especially because there's that pregnant pause after every question that just like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and who's going to put their hand down even though they ha- do know sixteen languages because they're just sick of it. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, uh, Pope John Paul II is like, oh no, yeah, sorry, I, English only. Like, Are you Italian? No. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one, which I can't believe I didn't think of, but it's probably because I'm as guilty of this as anyone else, is vocal fillers. Yeah. We uh, So one of our, 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 our longtime fans, way back to the beginning, <laughs> um, is, uh, is, is trilingual? Bilingual. Does he speak three languages? Possibly. I at, don't know. At least two, possibly as many as 16. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, th- there's apparently a couple – really obnoxious German vocal fillers that he said really great on him. Even worse than the English vocal fillers like um and like and er. 
So mm-hmm. I'm definitely guilty of like I have some Valley Girl in me, but yeah. working on it. <laughs> it. You know, it surprises me how often I hear the older generation, like people who are 45, 50 plus, who do that. Mm-hmm. Like this, like that, like that. And then I was all like, 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 like. <laughs> like so did people always do that? And it just became a joke in the 90s? Or is it so invasive to the mind <laughs> that we've corrupted the older generation? I think it's worse when it's pointed out to you. It's <clears throat> kind of one of those things. Bader Meinhof? <laughs> yeah. Or like. Like, 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 um, like, 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 if you're listening to a song and someone points out, like, there's a really noticeable inhale before each line, and then the rest <laughs> of the time you hear that song, you just hear these, <sighs> like, these raspy breathing. Do, do you remember <laughs> Chocolate Rain? No. You know Chocolate Rain? No. <laughs> okay, I'll link to this in the show notes. It was one of those, like, flash in the pan meme things from, uh, like the E-bombs world days where this guy made, I I don't know if he was trying to be funny or if he was actually serious, but he made a a YouTube video of himself singing a song he wrote called chocolate rain. The guy is black. So I guess it's, I I don't know, but there's a video of him. That's just like side on. And every time he gets to a break in the song, he, turns his whole head away from the mic like that (laughs) and there's actually a subtitle at the bottom that says like i look away from the mic so you can't hear me inhaling which is like yeah that's good we don't want to hear you inhaling but he does this huge sweeping motion away from the mic like that and it's just so ridiculous (laughs) and now i'm also you can edit out the raspy breaths later and now i'm gonna have this song stuck in my head for the rest of the day Tay Zande is the guy's name. All right. So, yeah. Chocolate. Our first show note. (laughs) (laughs) So, the the Chrome Canary build, um, do you want to explain this to people who don't know why this would be a problem? Yeah. So, I just found this interesting article in the past week of. So, Google has this like super alpha channel of experimental releases of Chrome. Normal users never see this. It's just for developers and for them to sort of test things. And in one of these, they call them canary builds of Google Chrome. They uh, were playing around with removing URLs from the address bar in the browser. And uh, this article was sort of... um, I liked the tone of it because it was questioning it, but it wasn't like a fanboy rant or something. It was more just like URLs are sort of the foundational element of the World Wide Web. And sort of concern over the idea of not using them anymore. Everything becomes more like an app that is hard to link to. Yeah, and that's it's an interesting phrasing, foundation of the web, because that's not hyperbole. Like that is literally the entire the web is the fact that you can link, link two things. Yes. <laughs> the entire World Wide Web is based on that technology. Because a lot of people I mean, we do this, I do this, everybody does this. The internet is not the web. The web is part of the internet, but Mm -hmm. the internet is also um, FTP and uh, UDP and BitTorrent and and all these other technologies um, that work over those protocols, but HTTP is what makes up the web like as we think of it. 
And sort of his, he was admitting that URLs are not user friendly. They're ugly. Laymen just don't know what to do with them, don't understand them. But he doesn't think that was, that's a valid enough user experience improvement to break the linkability of the web. Well, and also, I don't feel that the URL being displayed to the user is harmful. Right. right. Like, unless the app you're using has huge security holes in it where you can attack it by manipulating the URL, I don't know why. Like, everybody's already used to it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this information is being revealed to users. And it, maybe it helps people learn things about the web when they finally do have to sit down and understand something about the address they've typed or are using. Sure. Even uh, in our day job, because we use the, the Canvas LMS. Like we get to tell faculty that those URLs are static, so if they link to some a file they upload or or their syllabus or whatever, like that URL will actually continue to work. Yeah, because that's how the web is supposed to function. A URL points to a resource. That's what the R in mm-hmm. URL is for. I mean, this isn't the only war on URLs. <laughs> Sorry to Fox News this, but. Um, <laughs> We need some infographics. I mean, just the the sort of appification of the web has already been sort of striking at the the prominence of the URL because back buttons get broken in web apps all the time, and you know, whole single page JavaScript apps that the URL tells you nothing about what's happening on the page. Yeah, which I, I wondered about that, and that that's actually right here in this at the end of this article the single-page JavaScript apps yeah. where everything is loaded. So from the user's point of view, it looks like things are like popping in and out. But in reality, pretty much everything was loaded, and then there's like some asynchronous calls. Yeah. But those URLs are worthless because they don't point to a unique resource. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing unique about it. Um, and that so I've always found that to be – that's the high I'm a server – of yeah of web page design right like you load up the page and you get to a certain part of the app and then you're like oh i need to come back to this later and you bookmark that url and then you come back and you load the url and you're back at the beginning yeah it's like if every time you loaded up a game where you thought you had a save file it was like oh just kidding every save file leads to the beginning of the game always so i don't, I don't know how i feel about this like i i I think you could obscure the URL, but you shouldn't take it away. Yeah. Or, I mean, on the app side of the, like, this is abysmal in mobile apps, native mobile apps. Especially, I think it's worse on iOS, but in general, linking between apps is not as good as the web. Sure. Yeah. and so yeah, It's every, not as good as the thing not, designed for linking. It's not consistent. It changes everywhere. Every app has it could have its own way of linking. And so he points out at the end that Facebook announced app links, so like trying to bring the web into apps, bring linkability into apps. And I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know if that's... <laughs> A good or bad awesome thing. or sort of a false hope that we're still going to have a bunch of silos because apps are just not going to link to each other, or they won't use the same protocol. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, we use app links and we use application links. Therefore, and, a new standard. That's right. There are fourteen competing Four, standards. Yeah, fourteen competing standards. So I, I know on on Android they use intentions 
which is the the share menu. So, I mean, and it works well. Like, that's cool, but I want to always, like, if I press on a link on a website to a GitHub repo, I always want it to open the GitHub app. Yeah. Because that's why I have the GitHub app, is to look at stuff on GitHub. Yeah. Right? Um, Same thing with, like, a link to, I don't know, like, a Google Plus post or something like that should always open in the google plus app that's why I have yeah the app. make me do an, like a long press or something if i want to specify no really use the browser right yeah overriding behavior but by default do the the right thing yeah and then i will tell you when the exceptions come up don't just always and it's actually it's it's worse than always defaulting to the browser it seems to be that there's a setting somewhere that just doesn't always work yeah because if i'm in a website and I press on a link to let's say a Google Plus post, I will get different behavior than if I'm in an app that has a link. So like if I'm in the Twitter app yeah. and there's a link to a Google Plus post, right. it opens the browser because it's a link instead of opening the link and seeing, oh, this is a Google Plus link. I should go to the Google Plus so app. I, I can't remember the exact behavior, but when I had a Nexus 4, I would tap on a Reddit link and it would ask me, do you want to open this in the Reddit app? And I would say yes, and always use this app. That's awesome. And whenever I would access like a different subreddit or like access a link a different way, it would ask me again, "Do you want to open this in yeah. this Reddit app?" And I'm like, "I already answered this. Yes. Why don't you know that this is the exact same situation? This is the same <laughs> thing." So there definitely some work needs to be done on linking between applications of all kinds. So then that makes me wonder, will our app links the 15th competing standard? Because are we now, like, do developers have to code for, okay, well, when it's a, a hyperlink in HTML, do this. But when it's an last app link, it's this, this. one. <laughs> exactly. So if you have five different ways of saying go around the corner, you know, you could also say go to the end, then turn left. Go to the end, turn 270 degrees to the right, and then go straight. So it's like if each one of those things has to be accounted for, that sucks. It's annoying. It's really annoying. So there was an update that one of the Chrome developers was like, everyone calm down, we're just playing around, we're just trying some things. Like, Yeah, every because the Canary builds are, if I, if I remember correctly, Canary is nightly. So you have Chrome stable, which is what most of us use. Then you have the beta channel, um, which is what some people use, and that's, I think, one release ahead. And then you have Canary, which is like the, I wrote this code right before lunch, and so it might break everything. Yeah. Proceed with absolute caution. And every once in a while, they'll put something in Canary, and the internet freaks out. And I'm not saying that their concern over the specific feature isn't justified, but Nothing in Canary is written in stone. Yeah. So it's just really weird. So they just wanted to see what happened if yeah, they tried something. What, what does this look like? How does it change the experience? No one dies. <laughs> no one does. Canary That's why it's called Canary, because you put it out there, and if the Canary dies, then everyone else goes back and stops. Yeah. I mean, that, that name was is not just because of the alliteration. So, I don't know. I'll be... I can imagine this happening because of mobile and the appification of the web. And 
I, I don't know if it'll necessarily be the world-ending problem that people imagine, but I, I can absolutely see this happening. Yeah. Um, not even that far off. Um, so I'm actually going to skip... I'm going to skip two of these things because I want to talk about this one. Okay. So I just totally jumped to the, the middle of our rundown. So the internet and privacy um, is, is what I wrote because that's... Ha, privacy. Privacy on the internet. You Does fool. not exist. Right. Yeah. So um, the FATE conference, uh, F8, Facebook's developer oh, right. conference... I don't think they call it fate, but if fader's going to fate, fader's going to fate, fate book. <laughs> so they had their conference and one of the things that they announced is anonymous login. And so that's also where they announced app links. The thing oh, you're just gotcha. talking about. Um, so anonymous login, if you've ever been anywhere on the internet <laughs> <laughs> okay. where, where they ask you to create an account, there's usually social login, right? Right. Uh, Log in with Google, log in with Twitter, log in with Facebook. And Facebook has no question the huge lead on this um, for two reasons. One, I think they were one of the first people to do yeah, it. They were doing that in like 05 or something. Yeah, they they started it early um, and successfully. I mean, there was always, you know, log in with OAuth or OpenID, but nobody uses those. Um, Open ID there, actually shut down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's how much people use it. Sadly, Open does not always win. <laughs> no. Um, so if you log into uh, like Spotify for a brief time, required Facebook login. Yeah. Like this is a paid service that is not affiliated with Facebook, and the only way of signing up they had was with Facebook login. And I think they realized they made a deal with Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to get worse and worse. <laughs> I have chosen poorly. So Pray I do not alter it further. <laughs> can we just finish this episode in movie quotes? So, um, but when you log in with Facebook, you're usually giving up way more information than you probably want. Yeah, there's no granularity. It's like this app will now know... Yeah, your, <laughs> your friends, thoughts. everything you like, wh- how often you post, your email address, the your phone number. The content of your posts. Yeah. Um, every so often you'll encounter apps like f- games like Farmville and crap that can post for you, mm-hmm. which people don't... Mo- most of the apps say can post on your behalf. Yeah, and which most, they, most they need to be able to do to do the obnoxious sharing crap, but that's obnoxious. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm like, no, I will post if I want to. Give me a button, and yeah. I will choose to post. Yeah, so this Facebook anonymous login is you go to an app, and you say Facebook anonymous login, and th- this is rolling out to like a tiny bit of developers right now, so it's not wide yet. But you say Facebook anonymous login, and basically... You go to Facebook, this is technologically what's happening is you go to Facebook and say, hey, I want to use that app. And Facebook goes, oh, hey, just let this guy in. Yeah, and he's good. I know him. Yeah, yeah, he, he's cool. He'll bring beer next time. <laughs> and, and you are allowed into the app. But the, the behavior that this is likely to inspire is the exact behavior that social login is supposed to prevent, which is – the app will now know nothing about you and will have to ask you. Yeah. So you're going to log in and then it's going to go, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your email address? Hey, you want to make a well, password? Can it, isn't one of the things that it'll be granular so you can grant line item 
veto. You can say, you can know my name and this, but no, you can't post for me. No, you can't see my timeline. That was another thing that Facebook announced. I don't know how closely that's tied to anonymous login. Well, that's the way it should be. Because then yes. you can solve the social login issue of I don't want to fill out a profile eight hundred times. Yeah, but you don't have to give your maiden name and your your yeah. one password archive to them. <laughs> just to <laughs> well, it just feels like anonymous login is for someone who doesn't want to give any information. Like instead of give me a list of things and I'll check off what I don't want, it's give me a blank sheet of paper. And I will write nothing on it. Yeah. But then if you're going to force me to create a username and password, then I'll just not do Facebook anonymous login. And if I want to use your app, I'll just create an account like yeah. normal. Well, I think the, the line item approach is the way it should be on every platform. Agreed. And app should be modular enough. Like, I mean, the app can say, like, if I don't have access to your mic, this audio recording app is kind of useless. Yeah. But... (laughs) I mean, you can use it, it just won't do anything. But that the app wouldn't be built to break. Like, maybe it wouldn't perform its function, but, like, as a piece of software, it should not break (laughs) based on the user saying, you know what, I don't want to give you my calendar. Right. Yeah, And, and, and Zuckerberg actually said uh, something like, no one should ever be surprised by what they share on Facebook. And you know there were some people in the audience who were like, we are constantly surprised by what we're sharing on Facebook. Like, yeah. We have no idea sometimes what we're letting out there. Because just a quick tie back to Chrome. Um, any Chrome extension that manipulates the web page in any way has to be able to access that web page to do it. Yeah. And the really, really scary phrasing of that permission is access all data on all web pages. Yeah. Which sounds horrifying. It's not untrue, but... It, right. They could do malicious things with that level of access, but there's no... Like, I have to... The tie goes to the runner in this case. Like, I have <laughs> to give Chrome a break. There's no way I know of to divorce... Like, oh, I installed this Chrome extension that turns all the text into Comic Sans. Yeah. It's like, well, then it has to be able to manipulate the page. Yeah. There's just, otherwise it could not do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want everything to look like it was written by Doge, then Doge extension has to have access to the website. Yeah. So I, that's kind of how I feel with Facebook. It's like, well, we want to know who you are. It's like, okay, well, you can know my name and that I have a Facebook account, but that's it. Yeah. You're not allowed to know, you know, the last 50 events I denied or who I sent a message to. Well, I mean, to. the classic behavior is your Farmville example. It's like, to play Farmville, you don't need to know my favorite movies and mm. blah, blah, blah. You just want to harvest that because that's your business model. Which seems weird to me because these companies, the only reason you would want that data is to immediately turn around and sell it. Yeah, Because, like, if you're Facebook or if you're Google or Yahoo or Microsoft, you take that data and you use big, powerful server farms the size of football stadiums and bigger to munge it into a profile about a person to serve them targeted ads. And So they want that stuff to become more valuable. So they want right. to keep it but, away from other companies, but, make them pay for it. But Johnny Farmville app developer, you know, when they were new and it was, like, two guys – 
They were not doing that. At most, they were taking that information and selling it to like junk mail companies because they don't have the power to munge all that information. I think they just wanted to post to your friend's wall yes, and they definitely try to get that. them to play Farmville. Yeah, because that is their business model. It's like, oh, and I hate that. <laughs> y- you could water your crops again before they die, but that'll cost you 50 cents. Or you can invite 10 of your friends. I hate, I hate the socialification of gaming. I just, I'm, I'm double face palming right now. Because <laughs> I can honestly say I have never once, for a single second, played. Or thought about playing Farmville. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who thinks Harvest Moon is super fun. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> designed to be a grind fest yeah. and exploit your friends. It's it's really the weird exploitation that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just can you imagine playing... I'm about to give someone a million dollar idea. Can you imagine playing Tetris and it was like, it paused and it was like, invite 10 of your friends to get a line piece. Like I, yeah, and that only <laughs> takes away your achievement in like the randomization and waiting for a long piece. I, I gotta, I gotta leave myself a note here. Code social Tetris. <laughs> but I mean, it's gotten so bad that when I look at for games for my phone, that when I see that a game is free, it's pretty much ruled out immediately. Like, oh, if it's like freemium, there are free games that aren't terrible, but it's such a pile of crap. That it's like, I gotta start with 99 cent games because they're probably still games. They're probably recognizable as games <laughs> instead of just premium exploitation machines. You know, I have to see if I can find this really quick just because I would love to throw it up in the show notes. But there is a website that's called like Honest Android oh, yeah, Games I've or seen something. That before. And yeah, but it's hon- honestandroidgames.com because it's all games that have no freemium model. Some of them are free, a lot of them are paid, but these are all games that you know will not screw you. That, yeah, that are <laughs> legit games. And it's not even like games can have in app purchases and they don't have to be bad. Like, I understand. But and there's I, sort of a. Did, did we talk about this once before? I think there's a difference between. Like, oh, you can buy a new hat that makes your character look different and yeah. pay to win. Yeah. Pay to win sucks. Yeah, pay to win is bullshit. And it's just, <laughs> it's like, it's it's EA, man. Like, everyone yeah. hates EA, but EA is a billion-dollar company, so people emulate EA. Yeah. Well, this is one of those, this is why we can't have nice things, is <laughs> it's proving out that freemium games are more profitable. Yes. And so that just depresses the hell out of me. Because I would rather pay five dollars for a good game than oh, yeah. every time any freemium ten thousand gold coins crap. Never, I will never give a dime to a freemium game. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, so this makes me wonder. And I, I mean, I've been a gamer my whole life. I'm not super hardcore. You know, I don't invest hundreds of hours a week. I never got lost in an, an MMO, but. I feel like there's a little bit of high horse prestige going on because if the masses are willing to spend $1,000 on a piece of crap pay-to-play mobile game... Transformers 4, the movie. Yes. If they're, if they're willing to do that, 
part of me is like, well, that's not gaming. That's a mindless, expensive diversion with a gaming colored coat of paint. So like the instant scratch off lottery games. Yes. Right. <laughs> Those are not games. <laughs> they're not games. People think of them as games. They're all game themed. They all have like images of games on them, like different kind of gambling games, but they're not games. It's just a uh, I was saying Slinger, but what is it actually? Skinner. Skinner. Oh, yeah, Skinner they're all just big and I've been saying that for years and that irritates me that no one ever corrected me but those are all just skinner boxes pay to play games are just skinner boxes um and that like i i hate to get up on my like artistic it's like oh those those aren't really games because (laughs) because then you sound exactly like someone who used to knock Wii gamers, right? Yeah. It's like, oh you're not a hardcore gamer, you just play casual games. It's like, you know what? I'll take Wii sports Every time yeah. over some BS pay to play or pay to win shenanigans. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna because I say I think that's the fourth time I've said Skinnerbox on this show, so I'm actually gonna link to a Wikipedia article about what that is because it's interesting. S- yes, yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> really, about.com has a better article than Wikipedia. That can that be cannot right. possibly be true. <laughs> what? We should see what Yahoo Answers has to say. This is the bizarro world we're in. I'll find a good one and I'll put it up in the show notes. I won't worry about it right now. Um, But yeah, so the the whole reason I brought up this internet and privacy thing, um, what really made me think about it, the the Facebook anonymous login is interesting, but the thing that like got under my skin was the story I heard about a woman who wanted to hide her pregnancy from the internet. So she and her husband got pregnant and she wanted to do an experiment to see if she could hide it from big data. And the lengths she had to go to. So I, I linked to a Mashable article if you want to see the exact hmm. details of what she did, but the lengths she had to go to are so absurd and it's never really made clear to me why she yeah. needed to do this. Because there's the, like this vague notion of like, well, I'm not going to let those computers define who I am. I, I, I'm pregnant when I say I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, but you actually are pregnant. But you actually are pregnant. Like, so one of the theories I heard is that the reason people don't like these predictive algorithms is because people don't like the idea that they are predictable yet. They love Myers Briggs. Let's not get into that though. That, Oh my God, you just, (laughs) that was my mind blowing. People are contradictory messes. We are. There's a weird side note. There's some very interesting research. I remember from college that, uh, humans ability to deny reality is one of the most fundamental things that sets us apart from other intelligent animals because a human being can look fact in the face and absolutely deny it. And the thing is, the significance there is they're not denying it in the sense that they're like, no, I defy you. Like they actually believe that it's not true, even though the truth of it is so obvious. So it's like, 
I don't know, way to go people. Like <laughs> that that's apparently one of the things that makes us special. Um but yeah, so this woman, she she like she had to use Tor to do all of her browsing that was related to uh baby stuff. Um she she and her husband went and bought hundreds of dollars of Amazon gift cards so that when they wanted to buy stuff on Amazon, so they paid for the gift cards with cash. Right. And when they so wanted, it couldn't be correlated. Exactly. So they had a fake Amazon account. Where was this being delivered? To an Amazon locker. Oh. So that their address could not be associated with the delivery of these. This is what I'm saying. She went to these <laughs> absurd. Well, I saw it in here. Like, they like unfriended relatives that accidentally would mention something. Yes. Yeah. They they told their friends and relatives we're doing this experiment, so you can't say anything about it. And the moral of the story is like, oh, it's so hard to keep yourself from big data. And it's like, no, it's not. Just don't use the internet. Yeah. Like people who say like, oh, well, I want – and this is where I get irritated. People who say I want all of the conveniences of this thing without paying any of the costs, I have no patience for that <laughs> because the internet is free-ish because of advertising. That's the transaction, Right. That's why I can go on to Hulu and watch television shows because I'm paying for the advertising or I'm watching the advertising which pays for the show. Yeah. So and that's why I have to pay money for Netflix because there is no advertising. So, so is there another human nature cognitive dissonance thing like if you get something for free you're kind of like this kind of sucks. If you pay for something, you're like more inclined to defend your purchase because it's about your pride. Isn't that the Apple that, – that's the excuse people always use that Apple products are so expensive. It's like you wouldn't pay a bargain price for a premium product. Yeah, maybe some of that. But also like when you're a kid and you have to pick Nintendo or Sega, you don't get to have both. And so you're suddenly a fanboy because you don't get to have the other one. So you have to stand by the choice. Yeah, you stand by your choice. But I think there's like you don't have any allegiance to a free thing, so you will just bicker about it. It's like, well, this thing came to me free, so I'm going to still criticize it. Which I think the problem there is not that humans are stupid and we can't appreciate a free thing. (laughs) That is a problem, but it's a different problem. (laughs) It's a, a big problem. I think it would make more sense to educate people on the transaction. So people of the internet, when you use the internet, you are not getting it for free. You're paying for it with advertising. And if that's a currency you are not willing to spend, you don't get to use the internet. Like that's, that's the cost of doing business. And if you want to protest that and try and change the business model, that's totally fine. I don't have any problem with conscientious objection whatever problem with is i have no desire to pay i have no alternatives but i still want the thing yeah yeah that's basically in the realm of the same logic behind piracy yes i can't afford this movie but i deserve to watch it yes there's an an oatmeal game of thrones comic um where his argument was I wanted to see Game of Thrones. I don't have HBO. I can't get it on Netflix. I, I'm i not going to buy the physical DVDs because they're way more money than I'm willing to spend. 
I can't get it on streaming paid services like iTunes or Amazon yeah. until some like unknown date in the future. So I'm going to pirate it. And it's like part of me is like, you know what? It is really stupid when you go up to a company and you do the fry, shut up and take my money and the company refuses to take your money. But that's up to them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the right to purchase their product. They are not obligated to sell it to you. <laughs> obligated to take your money. <laughs> really not. No, I mean, I. yeah, it's a long time I've felt that about HBO shows because it's like they have lots of good shows. They've been good, a good incubator of great shows. And it's, it's frustrating that they're so married to cable. Yes, which is slowly... Did you hear they just said some of their legacy stuff is they're now going to release it to Amazon Prime? Yeah, which is like that'll be like the tiny the wire and Sopranos and yeah. it's like stuff that is so old that <laughs> nobody cares. I mean, they're great shows and probably worth revisiting, but it's I don't know. <laughs> it, but it's a tiny teeny baby step in the right direction, and I feel like that first step is really important. Because it's going from rest to action is yeah. a bigger leap mentally than going from action to a new action. So that's it's a big win for Amazon too. That's true. Streaming front. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that it's happening, but this is one of those things where the technology has long since solved this problem. Problem solved 15 <laughs> years ago. It's not a technological problem. Yeah. And it's a social problem, and it's worse. It's a business social problem, or it's a business practice business problem. model problem. Business model problem probably sounds the smartest. Um, so targeted ads with this woman. Uh, I swear to God, I'm going to get to the meat of this. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, all of this, this woman with the the pregnancy. She tried to hide it. Um, sounded very reminiscent of. Like a year ago, the little girl with Target, do you remember this? Oh, yeah, Target knew she was pregnant before her parents did. Or Yes, because she was like 15 or 16. Um, she did not want to tell her parents that she was pregnant. Um, this was not like some profound insight. It was just, oh, you bought pregnancy tests. Yeah, you bought you know pregnancy tests and some other like baby sundry items. Yeah, yeah so I mean, this is not like... Target was peeping in her window and like <laughs> saw her, you know, being illicit. Like this was pretty obvious. And then it was just like they were giving targeted ads like well maybe you're interested in this baby stuff. Do you have a stroller yet? Do you have a crib? Do you have blah yeah. blah? And so her dad was furious like Target, why are you advertising this stuff to my teenager? Yes. And then he actually went back and apologized, supposedly, after it all, and was like, yeah. Good guy, Dad. It turns out she actually is pregnant. Um, But this all brings me to the convenience argument. I understand what I am paying to the Internet to use it, or at least I I feel like I have a pretty solid grasp. And when I buy – well, like – so I was looking for a black turtleneck for a costume, okay? Okay. So I went on Amazon. Oh, man, I still need to get one, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a secret. <laughs> so I was looking. It's not Steve Jobs costume. It is absolutely not Steve Jobs. Although the beard, I kind of, I just got to gray it up a little bit. So I was looking for this black turtleneck on Amazon, and then I didn't find anything I liked. So I left Amazon, and then a couple hours later, I was like, oh, I need to look at some other totally different thing on Amazon. Every single ad, the whole sidebar, everything is all black turtlenecks. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you don't realize it, but on any given Amazon page, there's like seven, eight, nine recommended things. Yeah. And it's like, Amazon, I've been shopping with you for like a decade. Is it, There's nothing else you can recommend to me but black turtlenecks? Well, right now you're looking for turtlenecks, so they want to show you what you're looking for right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you have just touched upon the crux of it. When I buy that black turtleneck, I will keep getting those ads for like another month. Yeah. So it's even once the purchase is made, they just keep bombarding you. It's like, no, I bought it. I'm done. So that's what I just tweeted out with Code School is uh, at work we got to sign up for some programming websites to learn coding, which is awesome. I'm excited about it. Love Code School. And ever since I signed up, everywhere I go on Facebook, on random websites, Code school ads. Yes. Code school ads everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the one I find the weirdest. So we work for uh, the University of Colorado, Denver, and I, you've been here quite a bit longer than me. And yet, all of a sudden, in the last like two weeks, every YouTube video yeah. has a UCD ad before it. An ad I worked on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You wrote the music, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. It, Every time it comes up, it's like, in the 1980s. And I'm like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Matt Jordan, (laughs) every time. Because I just, I know. I'm like, you sold me, UCD. I already work for you. (laughs) Stop advertising this to me. I already have an advanced degree. (laughs) Yeah, so what I want is not anonymity on the internet. I want these services that are trying to be convenient to be way more convenient because <laughs> yeah. right now they're not that amazing. Up your game targeted ads. <laughs> yes. They know all this stuff about me. I mean, I use Google services with reckless abandon. They have all of my information and this is the best that they can do. Like maybe they're not that scary. Well, I mean, maybe, I mean, like code school, maybe it's just find working professionals in their 30s that have recently said something about programming, and that's all they know, which is still a lot, but... So who, do you know who the impetus is on? Does code school say, these are the only qualities we care about, target those people, or do they say, these are the only qualities we care about, and then Google does magic... Well, my guess is it's it's a problem of code school can't correlate their list of subscribers with Google or Facebook's ad platforms. And so they can't really, or maybe they don't want to give that data to Google and Facebook to target their ads even more. Yeah. See, I would be willing to give that information up. Like, if I'm using a service under my name. Your customer list? Yeah. I mean, because my credit card already knows. Like, if I pay for something with one credit card and then I pay for something else with that same credit card, then that company knows. But that company can't do anything useful with that information. 
Um, this is well. I just wonder how much Facebook and Google want to be middlemen that can charge a high toll for access to targeted customers. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that the problem I'm describing, the solution is substantially more legally and technologically complicated than I'm giving it credit for. Well, but, I mean, I'm just wondering if there's a business model incentive to make it harder. Well, imagine if every one of those code school ads you saw was like really targeted like they see the cookie it's minority from, report just yeah so like they see the cookie in your browser from the last time you were at code school and they were like hey mike great job earning the javascript road trip part two badge and it was th- just like a branding remember we yeah, exist just like because then you're like oh that was cool and then when you're coming up on the end of your subscription like Say you paid for a year up front, you're coming up, you have like a month left, and it's like, you know, hey, Mike, you're doing awesome, but there's still so much more to learn. You know, renew now and get a 10% discount. As long as they don't email that to me <laughs> unsolicited. <laughs> They're going to email that I to you. I know, I'm going to hate Every it. company emails that kind of stuff to you if you have a subscription. But like that, to me, would be a useful ad. That's, I would go so far as to say that's the kind of thing that would actually make me look at the ad if I knew there was going to be yeah. something useful there. As long as they avoid internet sins we haven't talked about too much yet. But <laughs> that will, yeah, that's coming, though. Yeah. we got game sins, internet <laughs> sins. So I, have you – the car you have – I think you told me once that that's your first car. Yeah. Okay, so this is the only car you've ever owned. Yeah. Which I assume by this point in your life is paid off. It's about to be paid off. I've only had it for five years. Really? Yeah. How did you get it? Well, around? I mean, I there was a car in my family I drove, uh, but it wasn't okay. Mike's car. It I, was just okay. one of the cars. Yeah. Which is relevant because that means that the big databases didn't attach a vehicle to you. Yeah. So the when I graduated from graduate school and I got my first big boy job, I did the stupid thing that every stupid person does, and I made a big unnecessary purchase. I bought a new car. Not, not just a new car, like an actual brand new car. You just got to let it roll off the lot once, and it yes. <laughs> drops thousands I, of dollars. I will never buy a new car again. <laughs> but the thing that is a constant reminder to never buy a new car again is it was a Kia. So Kias have back when they first came to the States, they had this reputation for low quality and they have upped their game orders of magnitude in the intervening couple of decades. And to help people get over that, they have like the best warranty. It's like 10 years. Hmm. So, I mean, really, really good, like way longer than people usually ever even keep their car. I sold that car when I moved to Colorado because I wanted a four-wheel drive car, I still get advertisements from companies that offer extended warranties on cars for a car that I not only do not own anymore, but is still under warranty. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever owns that car now has the warranty. So the annoyance isn't, oh, they knew I had a Kia. It's, why don't they know more about my ownership of Kia? Yes. Either know enough to be helpful or leave me alone. Or GTFO. Yes. Be helpful or GTFO. So, I I mean, like, is that, am, am I being too demanding? Is that it? Like, am I just expecting too much? Because I feel like 
this is the uncanny valley of advertising to me. I would rather get a completely generic ad that just said, we're a company that extends warranties on cars. Would you like to extend the warranty on your car? Right. Then get one that's like, oh, hey, we know uh, you have a 2010 Kia Soul and we know that they're uh, out of warranty. And it's like, no. How's your Motorola Razor doing? Yeah, right? Which <laughs> I like, had. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. It was like 10 it's, years ago. Yeah, it's in a recycling <laughs> landfill at Best Buy. <laughs> so... Stop. Not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Not good or very good, I guess, because it got recycled into an iPhone. So, but that, that's the thing: is phones like, get reincarnated. <laughs> you got to harvest those little tiny bits of precious metals out of them. But there, there, there's a really sad Futurama joke where there's a whole planet of e waste landfills. <laughs> And all the people on it are, like, hideous mutants because of the, like, ooze. Uh, it's so, like, it's really topical social commentary, but it's also 100% accurate and really sad. <laughs> because, yeah, it's 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 a bummer. Um, Is that the, it's not different than the whatever famous dog episode? Ah, uh, dude. <laughs> Did I just ruin your day? My day. Your month? <laughs> <laughs> My life. It's Seymour. It's legendary. It is. Futurama. I love The Simpsons and I love Futurama, but The Simpsons has nothing on the feels of Futurama. (laughs) Futurama is just loaded down with the feels, (laughs) especially because they sandwich the feels in between uproarious laughter. So now you're on this emotional roller coaster (laughs) of confusion. Crying from laughing, crying from crying. (laughs) laughing about crying like <laughs> at the end of the episode you're just rocking back and forth like i just want to hug my children <laughs> i'm so sorry um uh, that w- that was a deviation <laughs> yep anyway targeted ads get your game up or yeah. or gtfo I, i'm i'm trademarking the uncanny valley of un- of targeted ads because i feel like that's where we are yeah i'm always worried that there's just going to be some obnoxious economic argument for sort of like bad movies well people keep going to them like bad uncanny valley ads are they more profitable and you're just like how why who is like you're just jackie chan hands yeah the what do you know is that from um i don't know which chan film that is it's something newer because he's got like Shanghai Nights or something. Yeah, because he has like the shorter, like American style haircut that he did, like when he started right. making Hollywood it, movies. It's not from Drunken Master. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know how that could be true. How could who looks at an ad that's like barely applicable? Like I'm not going to buy a warranty for that Kia for that one weird trick. <laughs> yes. And why do those clip arts never go with the phrasing? It's always like a picture of a woman having like a bad acid trip and it's like, lower your mortgage. Or it's like a siren. And uh, it's just, it's the worst. So do we have. But it's still nowhere near JavaScript pop ups. No. That's when you know you're in the ghetto of the internet. Yeah. That's when you know you're on a bad torrent website. Yeah. Also, any sort of CSS div overlay. Uh, no, that one to me is worse. Insta tab close. Yeah, that that's 
That's the. Uh, if it's not, I clicked a picture and I want a light box to show me a bigger version. GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> Tab closed. Didn't read. That's um. That's the newspaper model. The yeah. newspapers love the one hundred percent height, one hundred percent width ad modal. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I love closing your tab and never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's actually, um, because I still have to see your ads. So, I mean, your normal ads, <laughs> I've, I've got the social contract. I've signed it. Why are you changing the deal? <laughs> <laughs> we had an agreement newspaper tab. So I'm going to, I'm going to link to tab close. Didn't read. Is that a Tumblr of it's exactly awful practices? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Tabclosedidn'tread.com is a Tumblr of websites that are guilty of this. And the thing is, they're not. I love this kind of internet shaming. Yes. I love sites like this. Yes. Thank you for making this possible, Tumblr. Because, like, the first one on the list right now is National Geographic. This is not some crappy newspaper checkout line rag, this is National Geographic. You know, while we're mentioning narrowly focused tumblers, <laughs> I have to mention this is a classic one: pictures of people scanning QR codes. <laughs> what? There, guess how many posts they have? One zero. It oh. says no posts yet. Okay, I get, I get it. <laughs> I see what they did there. That's. So that's just someone's angry critique on <laughs> QR codes. It's perfect, though. It, it, is it actually pictures of people scanning QR codes.com or is it dot .tumblr? Pictures of people scanning QR codes.tumblr.com. Okay. And it's, it's a great example of a classic way too narrowly focused Tumblr because yeah. the subdomain is so long. It's a full sentence. Well, the reason I had to know if it was .com is because that would have meant someone spent $10 yeah. to protest no, QR no, codes. No. But the fact that they set up the Tumblr still gets my thumbs up. And might as well mention... Uh, no post yet. Might as well mention the same picture of Dave Coulier every day. <laughs> what is that one called? The same picture of Dave Coulier <laughs> every day. <laughs> or, no, they don't have it. The title has every day, but not the... So it's just the same picture of DaveCoulier.tumblr.com? Yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could spend a whole episode on... Ultra-specific Tumblr. Tumblrs. <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, that's what Tumblr is for. It's for the... Like, I thought of a slightly different topic than what I usually write about. Better make a new Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. The, how do these cultures happen? It's such an amazing... There needs to be, if there is not already, an entire subgenre of anthropology that's just internet cultures. Yeah. Because it's really fascinating to me that Pinterest and Reddit are the same damn thing, whether you like it or not. But one is a sausage fest and yeah. one is all women. All women. What is the pejorative or are you not even willing to venture a guess? Of the sausage fest <laughs> yes. equivalent. What is the sausage fest equivalent? Maybe off air we'll speculate on that. <laughs> it, this if there was ever a time to invite feedback, it's Does right. it have to be another like meat analogy? <laughs> it needs to, it needs to be <laughs> similar enough that someone would know 
Sausage Fest is the male version. So it needs to have fest at the end. <laughs> or party or jam or or <laughs> shindig or some. Why do you have to say jam? <laughs> All right. This is the feedback we want on this episode is what's the female version of Sausage Fest? It's at least, if anyone knows, I've got to know. And bonus points if it's not misogynist. Like... I don't, is that I, even possible at I this mean, point? I mean, Sausage Fest is used as a joke of like, oh, there's only guys here. But it's not really negative beyond that. I mean, the context would make it a slam. But sure. the word itself is like, no, there's just a lot of men here. Right. I mean, unless... well, okay, So we don't have time for the deep cultural <laughs> debate of men typically do not consider euphemisms for their genitals to be negative. Right. Um, this is another they are something small. Screwed up thing about our slang for genitalia is right. the a lot of the female ones are negative words in our culture, which yes. is stupid that the male ones I mean, dick is yeah, negative. Like, don't be but, a dick. Sorry, people named Richard. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a Richard. But most of the time it's not. I don't know. I don't know. This Yeah, this could spiral into a really dark cultural conversation <laughs> that I don't think we're qualified as two white straight guys to comment on any two of Two gainfully employed white. <laughs> yes. Who would like to stay gainfully employed. <laughs> Good but, point. Yeah. But if there is a known established uh, female version of Sausage Fest, I want to know what it is. And if there it isn't sounds, one... It sounds like a dangerous trip to Urban Dictionary. So. Yeah, that's why I want other people to do it. <laughs> I want other people to be brave for me. Um, and if there isn't one, what should it be? All right. Um, so it... Oh, that can't possibly be the show title. We'll, we'll come up with, <laughs> with something good. Um, but yeah, so Mike, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at pseudomichael.com or on Twitter for Medwords Music. <laughs> Medwords. And people can find me at Lions in Beta on Twitter or lionsinbeta.com. And the show notes for this episode, episode 12, are flippingtablepodcast.com slash zero one two for episode 12 uh you can leave feedback on the blog you can leave feedback on our twitter accounts you can leave feedback on the google's pluses and the faces books yep you got anything else to share with our our listening audience before we steal up and go to urban dictionary Nah, i'm good (laughs) all right we'll see you next week all right